damn it. <laughs> In a world, the year 1988. You know what, Cody? I'm glad you're here. You know why? Come out to the coast. We'll get together, have a few laughs. That's right, Cody. Tonight's episode is about the greatest Christmas movie ever made, Die Hard. Hello, everyone. Bry the Movie Guy here with co-host Cody. How's it going, Cody? Good. That's it? That's all we're going to give the people? Good? Just living the dream. Living the dream? You watch any good movies recently? No. No? (laughs) Nothing? Nothing. You have nothing to share. (laughs) (laughs) You know how hard it is (laughs) to have a podcast when you have nothing to contribute. God, get out of here. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I did watch a movie recently. I watched two movies recently, both Christmas-themed. Die Hard. One of them was Die Hard. How'd you know? Because today's podcast. That's today's <laughs> podcast. But anyway, uh, watched Die Hard, of course. But I watched Violent Night. Yeah, I heard, I've seen bits and pieces of that. You've seen bits and pieces? I liked it, but I feel like it's kind of forgettable. Yeah, it is. Yeah, like, I, I can't, like, it's one I wanted those. to do a review episode, and I was going to do, my brother went with me to see it, and I wanted to do one. Right after we got done seeing it, so it was, like, fresh, as fresh as we could have it in our head. And then, you know, it's been about a week, not even that, since I I watched it on a Tuesday, I think. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I remember some of it. I just remember he took the guy up through the chimney and killed him that way. Yeah, like, you know, let's just say what this is. This is going to be a mini, mini review of Violent Night right now. But, because <laughs> we're talking about very violent Christmas movies here. But, yeah, it's like, he has really, there's like one really cool scene with him in a sledgehammer. Because you find out Santa's origin is that he was this Nordic Viking, like, badass, essentially, with this kick-ass hammer that, uh, Skull Crusher, I think he yeah, calls it. he left, I think, in the North Pole or something. Yeah, like he that. left in the North Pole, and then his wife sends it down after everything's done. You know what that's the equivalent of? What? The end of season one of Peacemaker and the yeah. Justice League showing up. <laughs> That's the, the same equivalent. But yeah, like, otherwise it's like, I can't remember that much even about, like, a lot of the deaths in it. Like, I remember the music because of... The dude know. in the white camo got shot in the head by the girl. I didn't even remember that. I didn't even fucking remember Cause he that. Because he shot Santa, like... Three times, four times? Oh, yeah, and, like, Santa comes... No, oh, the thing I do remember... <laughs> the thing I do remember, spoiler alert, John Lukasama getting killed <laughs> by getting shoved through a chimney yeah. and just breaking in half. <laughs> yep, he was just that was a the most, sack of meat. That was, like, the best part, by far, was that little moment. But... Enough about that movie because that's really it's all just I can... gonna be it's it's, just, it's okay it's just him making a paycheck kind of thing yeah it, it I will say I agree Christy me and Christy talked about it after of course and um oh no it was, it would have been a Monday then because Diego works Tuesdays and yeah, how do Brooklyn, I know all this Brooklyn. how do I know all this but anyway um but yeah like 
I do feel like it's one I want to revisit again because I did enjoy it and it was definitely fun to watch and everything. And David Harbour's like a really fun Santa Claus. But yeah, that's all I really got to say about that. It'd be cooler if he was actually Nordic. Dude, like he has all like, did you ever see uh, Rise of the Guardians? Mm-hmm. He's kind of like that Santa Claus. And that was like my favorite Santa Claus, like after, after the years. But I still, <laughs> we took uh, we took the girls to go to go meet Santa tonight and uh the Santa Claus talked about my beard because he I guess when he was younger he had a red beard he's like so do you think after uh, about 500 years you could take over the job I was like sure just don't fall off the roof and he was like everyone keeps saying that to me (laughs) and I I was just shocked that like how do you not know that (laughs) how do you not know that movie like it's your profession man it's your life (laughs) doesn't he's not probably a good moviegoer he's not a good moviegoer but I hope everyone listening is. But let's get into Die Hard. Because I, I really want to get into Die Hard. Because as I said in Speed, I said, I think Speed is better than Die Hard. And I said, after I made that statement, you know what? That will probably change after I watch Die Hard. <laughs> Guess what happened? <laughs> what? Die Hard might be better than Speed. I don't know. There's just more action, I feel like. No, no. Both are action-packed. Here's how I decided. Die Hard is the best Die Hard movie of the 80s, and Speed is the best Die Hard movie of the 90s. I don't know what... I, I need to decide what the best so, Die Hard movie of the 2000s is. Yeah, because I think this Die Hard is better than all the other Die Hard movies. I really like Die Hard with a Vengeance with Sam Jackson. That's that a really a good, good one, one, yeah. With Jeremy Irons and all that. I but love this, that one. This one and that one were probably the top two. And it was so great because I also watched rewatched Twenty One Jump Street recently because it's on Netflix, and um, they they referenced that movie and I was like, God, I love the third Die Hard, and it was like right after, shortly after I watched this one, but going into the multiverse, we're jumping in there. What we're gonna find? Fuck if I know. Did you just beep on me? <laughs> you chimed on the. Fucking podcast. Oh, I'm kidding. <laughs> fantasy football. Fantasy football. God, Cody. There's more to life than fantasy football. Dude, speaking of more to life, I'm down a shirt size. There you go, man. Yeah, there I go. I got something going for me. But anyway, we're diving back back into the multiverse, getting out of this world, and we're going into the what if scenario. What if Bruce Willis was never John McClane? Because there is a very very real universe where that almost happened and we're gonna get into that right this second okay first the facts that are fun cody because that's what we like to talk about we like to talk about the movie that we love (laughs) we love die hard cody we love it why aren't you as psyched as me (laughs) i don't know i feel like there's better action movies than die hard but i am a fan of die hard you do this to me every time. Yeah. I think you're going to love a movie. I get really excited. Like, yeah, Cody's going to have hard. a fun time. I love Die Hard. You but... better, man. You know why? Because Die Hard has a 94% of Rotten Tomatoes. But it's not like The Departed. It, well, d- d- you can't compare <laughs> two movies. Don't compare those two movies. <laughs> but it has a 94% of Rotten Tomatoes, has an IMDb score of 8.2, and is one of the greatest Christmas films of all time. I'm going to... That's going to be said today. By my the time w- this podcast is over, like everyone's going to be like, you know what? That is a great Christmas. My movie. wife would say otherwise. I do love a Christmas story <laughs> and a Christmas vacation. Yeah, I love National them both. Lampoon. 
<laughs> Bend over and I'll show you. <laughs> Shitter's full. That we have that. Sophie has this uh, this chalkboard over our toilet in the in our downstairs bathroom. And it says Shitter's full and like very elegant, swirly writing. <laughs> it's so funny. I love it. Um, it is included among the 1001 movies you must see before you die. In 2007, Bruce Willis, blah, 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 Bruce Willis donated John McClane's undershirt to the Smithsonian. <coughs> I don't know which one because they had 17 <coughs> undershirts made for various stages of the movie, obviously. Um, the scene where Bruce Willis and Alan Rickman met up was unrehearsed to create a greater feeling of spontaneous... Spontaneous? Spontaneous? No, spontaneity spot spontaneity i can't talk but anyway <laughs> it's cold uh, but it, yeah it was it's spontaneous meeting of the two people and obviously we're going to be talking a lot about alan rickman here and bruce willis because sadly he bruce won't willis, be acting anymore he won't be acting anymore and that that is just shame he did donate his rights though to his likeness he did donate his rights but let's face it like ooh, i wonder if they could redo looper but we lost again. Oh my god. Can you imagine if they redid Looper and then like did like younger Bruce Willis over Joseph Gordon Lovett? Like I know they worked hard on that makeup, but let's face it, he doesn't look like I a just young... don't think CGI is there yet to make it look... I think it is. Because if you look at the Fast and Furious franchise, they, that was different. They fucked up. They there were some scenes they fucked up. Which I was like, that's clearly not Paul Walker. Well, yeah. I know, but I want it to be made to where I think it's like, hey, that's Paul Walker. So, <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Well, I, I was about to get off track here. We're going to stay focused, Cody. Um, but no, uh, but yeah, Alan Rickman sadly passed away um, so long ago now, it feels like. And then Bruce Willis isn't going to be acting anymore, so. Which, what was the... Uh... Diagnosed? What do you get diagnosed with? Who, uh, Bruce Willis? Yeah. I th wasn't it like early onset uh, Alzheimer's or something. I don't think like? it's all. I think no, it's, no. It's to deal with his speech. Yeah. He, is it Parkinson's? Or no, no, no. It's um. Here, I'll, oh. I'll look um. What did Walter Jr. have? Is it MS? No. It's not MS. Oh. Okay. Uh, I don't know. But anyway, um. I thought that was like... Oh, I can't pronounce it, but... What is it? Like, can I see it? Like, maybe I can do something. Uh, primary progressive asphia? Aphasia? Primary progressive... Uh, aphasia? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not a doctor. If you are a nurse or a doctor, please uh, let us know what that how that is pronounced. But anyway, um, yeah. What's great about that scene is Alan Rickman's American accent. It's like a very Kentucky fried, like, you couldn't guess where he is. Like, he he, he definitely goes for, like, this southern, like, oh, no, you're one of them, aren't you? <laughs> and he's, like, cowarding. And, but, like, the whole scene is done, like, in this really perfect way where it's cat and mouse all the way. Because everything John... Because John instantly is suspicious of him as he meets him but you know he's he kind of lets in to it but like he looks like a suspicious person like a villain well this guy's like also running around freely 
Um, and like John McClane comes out, and if you were someone who was captured by these terrorists, I feel like you would know who all the terrorists were and mm-hmm. looked like at this point. And also, John McClane is in nothing but a, he has no shoes on. He's in dress pants, jeans. I think it's like black dress pants, uh, and the 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 white beater, um, and so clearly he's not that. So that would probably because here's the thing: like whoever replaces um, Bruce Willis, what what you lose if you take out Bruce Willis is like John McClane is like this very like everyday natural tough as nails cop though like he he's a new york cop and he comes off that way too he has a bit of a kind of sense of like i don't know like what you think when you think of new york people i could honestly i could think of two people off the top of my head that would be good to replace him right now i have like we'll get into that when we get into the recasting only because of a tv show that's based in new york early new york Early New York. Peaky Blinders. You're going to say Killian Murphy, aren't you? He's too young. He would have not been born yet. We're in the world of 1988. Oh, okay. Well, what about Tom Hardy's too young then, too? But, dude, like... But, right, I'm talking about right now if they were to redo it. I'm thinking about doing this thing on the pod where, like, I want to, like... Because I had a lot of fun doing the Brucifer thing where, Mm -hmm. like, we were trying to figure out this whole movie... (laughs) And I have an idea of, like, a James Bond, because there's a lot of James Bond rumors around it. And I actually, like, came up with, like, this kind of cool idea that I want to just, like, play with and expand. Because I love James Bond, and it's also, I think it's 60th anniversary, the series. Yeah, because it's... It was, what, what, 1962. Was it 62 the first year? Dr. No. Dr. Yeah. No is the first of this series of films. Because there's, like... There's like spinoffs like uh, Never Say Never. That was yeah. done by, I think, not it wasn't MGM. I want to say Columbia or something like that. But that, that was seems just right because I always remember the tiger at the beginning. The tigers like all of them. That's yeah. MGM. Well, no, except for uh, No Time to Die. Um, I think is well, no, MGM's still part of it, but I think it's also Sony. And who was t- in talks for the replacement? Well, there's a lot of people right now, but that's why I want to do like a whole James Bond episode. But um, Killian Murphy would be a really interesting for like a modern day remake of Die Hard. Because let's face it, it will probably get remade one day. Um, because nothing. Killian Murphy would be same. good. I would can't wait to see him in Oppenheim. Oppenheimer is it good. Oppenheimer? Yeah, is that how you say it? Okay, but I that looks. I love Christopher Nolan, so it works. But. Um, Man, we are just... But, like, yeah, like, <laughs> uh, Bruce Willis has a certain... He brings so so many specific different things to him. And we'll get into, like, what he brought in. Um, this was also selected for preservation in the National Film Registry by the Library of Congress in 2017 for... The, every reason's always the same. It's culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. That's what every... If you're in the Library of Congress, that's why. Uh, the National Film Registry. But it's still, like... That's a huge honor. Like, I I, ha- I actually have on... Uh, one of my favorite apps I have for my digital movies is called... Um, it's, it's My Movies. You have the digital code. You scan it and bloop, bloop. And... Um, 
that was a fun noise <laughs> but uh <laughs> but uh and you can create lists that automatically update and uh i have what are you looking at <laughs> i just You're saw f- that the boomer yeah. the yeah that's tom DeLong, man blink <laughs> a2 oh uh actually bring it here like grab it real quick it's kind of funny it, it it like uh it well it's disgusting it's it's blink 182 humor but you smell terrific you guys ever kiss your brothers <laughs> oh wait yeah and this like beer can you could put in his hand <laughs> oh whoops <laughs> yeah because he's uh it's from the um what's the the first date music video when he's uh on the skateboard but yeah, he can they come have, off the skateboard too. But they have a uh, world tour going on. Fuck that price. <laughs> but anyway, it's like two years long. Oh yeah, it's it's a long one. But uh, anyway, let's get back into it. Um, it's only expensive because the original band's back together. Yeah, but that that one I watched the Matt Skiba one, and it was a solid show, man. I fucking love that show. That was a good one. Um, okay, back into it though. <laughs> When John McClane runs through the glass shards and his bare feet, Hans has his men shoot out the glass partitions in the computer room. Bruce Willis is wearing special rubber shoes designed to look like his own bare feet. You can see this if you're looking closely at his feet. Um, His feet, like, appear, like, huge. Like, remember when I made the fake feet for my Bilbo, yeah. my Bilbo costume? That That's essentially what his feet look like. Because I looked out for it because I wanted to know. But the whole shooting out the glass thing, that goes back to that scene where they meet. That's why I wanted to bring that up, because it's a whole game of cat and mouse. Like, Hans is, like, measuring him. John's measuring him. He hands him the gun, which he checks, and he knows it's not loaded, like, before he gives it to him. And that's how, like, when Hans thinks he has the upper hand, like, <laughs> nope. Because John, John suspects him. That's, like, how good of a copy is. But, um... But then Hans tells his men to shoot out the glass because he knows he doesn't have shoes on. And that's just that ingenious. Like, And they also never get into a physical fist fight the entire movie. So it's literally an... You are freezing right now. Which is... You look like you're freezing. I'm in a sweater. <laughs> I'm pretty warm, but it's just my feet and my hands. You're like... You look like you're shivering from where I'm sitting. <laughs> it is cold. I need to get a space heater in here. Do you like the setup now? Yeah. <laughs> Those are front. Uh, those will be back in the spring outside. But we but, have room for so many more to, like guest hosts. Yes, we do. We need to start bringing in more guests. I wanted to text Gabe for this episode, but you know, slipped your mind. <laughs> that well, that and also like it was so, everything was so last minute for this recording that uh, you know, his schedule's probably a lot more hectic. Oh, yeah. But it's like a cop movie too, so it'd like it would have been perfect. Well, for we him. can always do another cop movie with him. Of course, we'll do There's another so cop many more movie. Cop movies. We gotta do Tropic Thunder soon. Yeah, That's one that I really want to rewatch. One. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> in the uh, in the spring of 1987, producer Joel Silver and director John McTiernan attended a performance of the play Dangerous Liaisons, in which Alan Rickman played the evil. I'm not gonna get the name right. Just throwing that out there okay. right now. <laughs> the Comité de Valamont. Immediately. Sounds French. It, I think it is. <laughs> and, uh, to our and, French listeners. Sorry about the bonjour. Bonjour. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately, Silver and McTiernan realized they had found their Hans Gruber. So this was Alan Rickman's very first film. 
right out of the gate. The probably most iconic, like, first film you could have is Hans Gruber, like, easily. Like, oh, and everyone was probably like, who the fuck is this guy? Who's this fucking guy coming <laughs> in? And he's just like, I'm the fucking talent. You're That's kind of like the guy who was in uh, Too Fast, Too Furious. I was like, who is this guy? I can't even remember the villain. There's so many he's of those fucking He's on Yellowstone. Movies. Which one? Who is he? He's uh, Is Rip. he Rip? Yeah. Dude! That's Rip? Yeah, it's Rip. Oh my god! If he shaves his beard, I've only watched one episode and I'm already hooked. That's all I've watched and I'm hooked. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, I know exactly who you're talking about. Because I'm an expert now. <laughs> he, Actually, I'm a little confused on like the kids. But we're not going to talk about that right that, now. We have to have a podcast just for TV shows, I get, I feel like. Dude, I would totally do a podcast over Yellowstone. I want to do a Breaking Bad, bad well, podcast, kind of. We could of. do like a... But we're off topic, Cody. This is about the future movies. reference... They have spinoff series as that series. Because I really like talking about movies, but in like sometimes I do feel a little kind of confined to the multiverse aspect of the show. But we're going to get back into it right now, Cody. <laughs> Don't do this to me. You're supposed to be on my side. Um, after seeing the movie Heart Like a Wheel, Bruce Willis loved Bonnie. Uh, I'm going to mess up her last name. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Bonnie Bedelia. Bedelia. It's Bedelia. No, that's right. I think I'm saying that right. But I know, I know for a fact, she is the aunt of Macaulay Culkin. It, well, all the Culkins. I was about to name them off, but Maybe it's just... Culkins are there? Four or five? At least known. One... Had, do you watch the show Succession or seen Scott Pilgrim vs. the World? Yeah. Which one? You just said, yeah, please specify. <laughs> Scott Pilgrim. Okay, him. great, great. He's the gay roommate. Oh, yeah. He's, um, I, wait, it's not Neil. Who's his, wait, what's his, Air, Harrison? I think it was Harrison. Oh, God. That's one of my favorite movies. I can't remember his name. <laughs> this is my gay roommate. Oh, my God. Oh, you gossipy bitch. <laughs> Uh, oh my god, I can't remember it. I'm blanky. <laughs> like how I just like, oh, this line will tell me it. Is it Lyle? No, that's not fucking right. What's his name? You know what's awful? If anyone's... You're supposed to be the movie guy. I know, but why can't I... It's, uh, I don't want to look it up. I could easily look it up right this second, but I'm just being difficult right now. You know what? Fuck it. I'll do it. I'll do it, Cody. You're being a terrible co-host. I got the, I got it up right here. Do you? Am I going to have it done before you? Because I just now started. Well, I'm looking at the cast. Well, Cody, you might win this because I'm really trying to find him. But why is he not with... Oh, that... Wallace! <laughs> it's yeah, Wallace. Right over his name. Wallace. And that's Kieran, who... Culkin. He, yep, Kieran Culkin, who he... You might remember from... He kind of looks like Tobey Maguire here. Oh my god, he really does. <laughs> but you right remember him from... Wait, wait. I have to... Okay, I know he's in Father of the Bride. Oh yeah, okay. He is Fuller from Home Alone. And you know what you don't do? You don't give Fuller Pepsi at night. You know why? That's... He wets the bed. I never knew that And the rubber sheets up. are packed. I never knew that growing up. That, that he was the... his brother. Oh, yeah, that's Macaulay Culkin's brother, but he I plays never his cousin. Knew that. I don't know why they just didn't let him play his brother, but, you know, <laughs> fuck it. Uh, 
Okay, back to it, Cody. We're 23 <laughs> minutes in, and I don't think we've talked about we've this movie. We've talked about a few, <laughs> few That's okay. This is a movie podcast. and I, You know what? We're the hosts. We can talk what about what the, the fuck, fuck we want. We, want. we did what the fuck we want. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, okay, so this is where we're going to get into, like, where Bruce Willis might have easily could have very lost the role. Um... Bruce Willis' exhaustion from his schedule, he was also shooting Moonlight at the time of this, uh, forced Stephen E. D. Souza uh, to beef up the roles of other characters, giving characters like Al Powell, Ellis, Argyle, and Richard Thorn- uh, Thornburg more personality and screen time, which I never realized, I don't, I never remember, like, the side characters and how much, I, well, let me rephrase that. I don't ever remember how much screen time they get, ever. Like, and when you're watching it, it's like, we really are with these guys for a long time. And, like, especially, like, um, (laughs) Argyle, he's the cab driver, yes? Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) He's just, like, in the basement the entire time. Like, just having the best party of his life. And then, um, but, um... His relation, like, John and uh, Sergeant Powell's relationship, and, like, even Powell's, like, whole story arc with, like, you found out he shot a kid, he's about to have a kid, and then at the end, like, he pulls his gun out for the first time to save his his best friend, his new best friend, John fucking McClane, man. That's a good story arc right there. I don't think you really... They have a bromance. I don't think I ever Just pay like attention us. To, to, <laughs> to screen time. You don't. You don't really think like um, I only. I can call back to one movie that I actually was like, "Damn, that guy was not in the movie as much as I'd hope," and that was Thor: Love and Thunder with uh, Christian Bale. The um, one movie that was like really noticeable, like when Liam Neeson did Taken, I was on a real big action kick, and uh, he was he did a very very small part in the next three days with Russell Crowe. Mm-hmm shitty movie i did not like it like (laughs) i can't tell you the plot of that movie right now i'm pretty sure i fucking hated it though let's hope that liam neeson doesn't listen to this he will find me he will kill me but um (laughs) no i still think his whole like okay let's let's talk about this let's get this fucking out of the way because i'm going to talk about it there's a subplot in ted 2 ted 2 is an awful movie i Uh hated ted 2 but there's a subplot where he's this guy who's told tricks are for kids. He's like, oh, really? And kind of thing. And then, like, he leaves and buys tricks. And then yeah, there's the after that. credit scene. I remember cleaning up and the after credit scene where he's bringing back the box of tricks. And he's, like, super beat up and everything. And he just slams it on the counter. That's the fucking movie. Dude, I'm writing it down. We're going to do a whole what if episode on that. Can we? I don't have a pen. Hold on. <laughs> this sucks. I'm not prepared. I'm on a computer. Brian, think. <laughs> Dropbox.com. I like how I narrate my life. You also gave a plug but, to Dropbox.com right there. Dro- I know. I, I didn't even like I just kind of. Oh, dude. 21 Jump Street, though. Like, I really recommend that movie to anyone who hasn't yeah. seen it. Like, if you're someone listening and you want you want something to watch on Netflix, go watch Twenty Lynch Jump Street. Jonah Hill's just fantastic. I love everything he's in. Um, he hasn't been in much lately, though. 
Liam Neeson versus. Did you see he's going to be in the um, the Naked Gun reboot? I did not see that. Yeah, he's going to be like, and that makes me hope it's still comedy because I think he would do well with humor. Like, I think Liam Neeson can be funny, but it is weird because it's Leslie Nelson is who played uh, Frank Darvin. Wow, how am I so good at this? <laughs> uh, played him in the original series, and um, yeah, Liam Neeson. They make versus... another. Uh, I hope they make a um, a remake of Tombstone. Don't know. Don't touch that. I hope they don't do. touch it. We don't touch Kurt Russell movies. <laughs> Kurt Russell I mean, is. You can a... bring Kurt Russell in as a cameo. So, like, the funny thing is. I, I listened to this other podcast called Too Scary Didn't Watch, mm-hmm. and that one's hosted by these uh, three women, and they're all obsessed with Tony Collette. And I was like, I feel like, and there's another uh, podcast I listened to called The Rewatchables, and they're really obsessed with Michael Mann films. And um, I feel like every movie podcast, there's always like a central actor that like, all the hosts, like, even Gabe, like, got into the Kurt Russell kick. And I was like, it's fucking Kurt Russell. That's why. And then also William Defoe, <laughs> yeah. who apparently has a huge cock, I found out recently. Well, okay. Yeah. He, <laughs> it was on the set of, um, he did that Last Temptation of Christ movie. I was, like, reading about it. And the there was the scene where he's on the cross and he's naked. They had to- I'm sorry. He's he's tied. He's like hung up there, and a, an assistant had to come and get his dick out of the shot. So they like had to fondle and move his dick around to get it out of the shot because it was too in the way. Jesus. Somebody's job was to just move William Defoe's dick around. <laughs> like that was a job for someone. Anyway, we're we're off track again, Cody. But yes. Um, this is also Bruce Willis's favorite role he's ever done is John McClane, which I think Harrison Ford, wink, wink, hint, hint, nod, nod. I think his is Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. I think he hates playing Han Solo. Yeah. But he seems to have this very fondness to going back to Indy a lot. Well, I mean, he got killed off, and I, I think if he liked... He wanted, he wanted um, him killed off in the... In uh, back in the eighties, when he, was it when he got dipped in that uh, what was it that the line where he she says I love you and he's like I know, I know. he want that's where he pretty much that's where he wanted like to Han Solo to be killed like he did. didn't want but you know they like oh let's have him first and hey I got my Boba Fett here <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah like I don't know I feel like that's why he was so willing because. These movies, like, after the third one, they drop off hard. I'm a little okay with Live Free, or, uh, what was the one with, uh, Justin Long as the computer guy? Like, that's a good action flick. Like, if you just want to turn off your brain, that's good, that's a good turn off your brain movie. Is it Live Free or Die Hard? I think so. What was the, like, uh, the last one was a, it's a good, a good day to die hard. Yeah. And that one sucked with his son. It was. And you know what? I like that actor. I like Jay Courtney as an actor, but I just feel like he takes the wrong roles sometimes. I'm being judgy. I'm being a judgy bitch right now. I honestly think Casey Affleck would have been better. I I have feelings about Casey Affleck. (laughs) I don't like him as a person. (laughs) I mean, 
I think even, even though like you know what's annoying like there's people that I just think are horrible in real life but it's like damn it I I like uh Tom Cruise I'm not crazy about him in like real life but, but he's then, a great actor the Mission Impossible movies are fantastic like I really just want to like I'm getting like as we draw closer to uh the first part one of Day Reckon Dead Day of Reckoning is it I believe so yeah um. I just really want to rewatch them, especially like the most recent ones, because they, it's a series that somehow always gets better. It's not, and it's a hundred percent Tom Cruise, which I have an idea for a Tom Cruise movie that I've been thinking up because I thought of the like the perfect Tom Cruise role. But from yeah, scratch, like, or is it what is it from, like a movie from scratch? It's a movie from scratch, but it doesn't mean it hasn't happened in a multiverse. That's this true. is what this fucking show's about. We don't know this shit's <laughs> happening or not. <laughs> uh okay so in the original script as in the original novel i did not know this was based on the novel the <laughs> action took place over three days but john mctiran was inspired to have it take place over a single night by shakespeare's a midsummer's night dream i don't know what these guys like John McTiernan just there's that's just he, like pulling something out of your ass. Like, well, no, what? he seems to be really into Shakespeare, and there's actually like this really funny. Uh, have you ever seen Last Action Hero? Starting mm-hmm. with uh, that's a movie we're gonna do because there's like a funny meta thing with that that I love. That it's perfectly up this show's alley, but um, <laughs> um, I lost my train of thought. Oh fuck! It was over the them shooting a. Uh, action scene in one night. Oh, okay. No, no, no. The because action of, movie. Uh, Shakespeare. Okay, uh, the Shakespeare stuff. But um, John McTiernan directed that movie as well, and I really like that movie. It's I think it's like a hidden gem, but but it's really cool. Like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Well, you've seen it. Why am I explaining? Well, I guess there's it's some the people, viewers. the viewer, the or the listeners. Uh, right, yeah, they can't least. see us, Cody. Maybe one they don't want to see maybe us. Maybe right one now. day. This is not the setup YouTube I'd like them channel. to see. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? But we'd have to we'd have to uh, dibble in some camera money and stuff. We would have well, we God the production value we'd have to have. <laughs> but anyway, we we would definitely next, need a uh, heater. We'd be the next uh, Logan Paul. Don't don't do that to me. <laughs> don't compare me to him. But anyway, but better. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> well, that's not hard. But anyway, uh, um, so the movie is about. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, he's playing himself, but um, there's this kid, and he's obsessed with this role of Jack Slater. There's these roles he is. He's Jack Slater. Jack, and in the movie, um, I guess they're on, like, the fourth or fifth Jack Slater. I can't really remember. <laughs> and so he has the opportunity to, like, see it early because uh, he's, like, friends with the projectionist at the theater, and, like, he gives him find out like the dude's like really into magic and like he has this golden magic uh ticket thing i have had my fucking phone unplugged this whole time it is just sitting here dying god that would have that would have pissed me off we would have just wasted so much time (laughs) okay i'm plugged in now but um so like okay oh no what the fuck are you doing no no Sorry, 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 sorry. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Okay, there we go. Um, <laughs> uh, 
Not now. Okay, sorry, folks. I had to plug myself in, or we were going to get cut off even worse. Uh, actually, let's take a quick break, because I want to make sure this is not cut off. Okay, we're back. And we are back with Die Hard 1988 and Universe, I don't know, let's say let's say 38459. Yeah. Yeah, okay. What did I just say? Three eight four five nine. God, that was impressive. I was just fucking with you, but damn, okay, fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> while making this film, cinematographer Jan de Bont got trapped in a lift. That's an elevator, Cody. Just in case. What type? Like, is it like since it's like a lift? Is it like I an think actual it's, elevator? Or is it one of those like you know like the ones that close? And I think it's like see? one of those. I think it's one of those. But he got trapped in one of those. And this what gave him the inspiration for the opening of Speed. Which he directed. See, it all connects. It all connects. It all comes together. It all comes together. You gotta listen to everything now. <laughs> anyway, um, Bruce Willis observed in an inter... Bless you. Thank you. You're welcome. Bruce Willis observed in an interview that many of the real police officers he met with to help prepare for the role and who served as technical advisors on the film all had a very dark uh, Maccabee sense of humor, uh, which he tried to factor into his performance. Ironically, though, action heroes are always kind of like, like people hate the one liners of Schwarzenegger, which I think that's one of his strong. I'll be back. Well, have you ever watched um, uh, what was that that he did where it, Commando? Like, <laughs> what happened to Sully? I had to let him go. <laughs> or, um, remember I always said I'd kill you last? I lied. <laughs> you know, iconic shit I like just, that. I was never a big Schwarzenegger fan. Dude, we're going to sit down and we're just going to, like, chill and watch Schwarzenegger movies. And you're going to be like, okay. Stallone was okay. way better. Stallone's a better actor. But, like, I just really like Schwarzenegger movies. <laughs> I probably shouldn't, but I do. <laughs> but I really do. Um, but yeah, like, he, he observed, like, you know, he observed these police officers, and they all kind of had this, like, twisted sense of humor. And, um, you know, he, he incorporated that because, like, at the end of the day, like, they, in real life, that's just how people who have stressful jobs like that handle it. Like, I, how many times have you watched a movie where, like, the... Um, the uh, morgue technician has like a really like 62 humor where they're like, Oh, it looks like they got a little, uh, something in their beard there. Yeah. They're making inappropriate jokes at the expense of the deceased essentially. And it's because like, how the fuck are you going to go home and sleep at night? Looking at the ed eyes of a dead person every single day. <laughs> Do you want that? <laughs> Can I tell you this? Okay. Funny yeah, story. I was time. trying to think of a joke that, uh, my brother used to say, can I tell you about a joke that I said? I was weirdly also thinking about a joke right now. But um, my mom the other day, like, I guess someone died that uh, she knew and that my cousins knew. So she's talking to my cousins on the phone and she goes, do you, you don't think they're going to start before the body gets there? And I, I just flat out second she I, she I hear her say that i said oh no trust me <laughs> you're gonna wait until he's there you kind of can't do anything without that <laughs> that's kind of the main reason why you're there like you can't start without that like he's the and i realized like 
why do I have such a fucking twisted sense of humor? And I think it's because of all the fucking movies I watched. That like, or working at the cinema for so long. God, yeah, dude. That that gave me a little bit of twisted sense of humor for a while. Like, it took me a while to, like, get a baseline of, like, what's okay in the world, really. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I, but, like, it, it was just, like, do you think they're going to start on time? And it's, like, as long as the body's there, like, that you're set. Like, it, there's no reason. It, it was just, like, the things you talk about, about a funeral, like, do you think it'll start on time? As long as the body's there. Like, it, like, it all deter- determines about, like, where that thing is located at the time. Like, whoever's in that box, it determines it, man. I might need to, like, take this all out. I just, like, went on a wild tangent there. About morgues. But it was just, like, I don't know. I just thought it was so stupid for her to bring that up. But, like... She's so concerned. She was so concerned. Like, they're not going to start without them, are they? Like, I promise you, they're not going to start. I've never seen one start without the body. Can you imagine if the priest came up like, well, the Steelers are about to play, so let's get this start. Oh, wait. Okay, well, five-minute delay. They're finally getting here. Like, (laughs) they're not going to do that. And also, like, the body's already at the funeral home. I'm just going to say that. The body's already at the funeral home. You're you're okay. Like, I think she's worried about the, uh, the what's the thing after? Where where they go to the the great? What's the official term for that? Cemetery. God, Cody. Thing after, like where you're at the church, you go after that. That's the cemetery. Yeah, I know, but there's like an actual term for like because there's the viewing Mm -hmm. and burial. Like burial services, I think the technicality is. The cemetery. God. <laughs> what, what? Where are you right now, man? Are you high? I need to know this. <laughs> but, uh, are you fucking high? Are you fucking high right now? Are you high on my shit? <laughs> God, you never do. You know what another movie I watched recently that deals with drug paraphernalia? <laughs> I don't know where my mind's at. I'm fucking tired. I'm not going to lie. I've been up since 4.50. You want to know what happened? What? I, I, as you know, went to bed super early, and then all of a sudden, uh, my oldest comes downstairs, and it's like, Dad, can you turn on the bathroom light for me? Just as loud as she possibly can in my ear. I'm dead asleep. <laughs> Scared the shit out of <laughs> Scared you? Scared the shit out of me. 490, or 490, 450 in the morning, and I'm just like, I'm awake. This is my <laughs> life now. I made, oh, I forgot to bring it out. I made this, like... I'll post a photo of it, but it's, I tried making the Cheshire cat and it's like if the Cheshire cat was the Taco Bell dog mixed with a cat mixed with, uh, dude, Sophie made this really good food and I'm really hungry right now. I'm not going to lie to you. And my stomach just growled real hard, but, um, let's just get back into the I miss that Taco Bell dog. I miss that Taco Bell dog, but it's made of the finished product. Fair warning. Nightmare fuel. <laughs> dog food. Dog food. No, it's it's a, it's a cat, but it's just like, uh, uh. But anyway, um, near the end of the film, Hans mocks uh John with the, saying that he's like uh that saying that the conflict wouldn't end like an American western with Grace Kelly riding off into the sunset with John Wayne. 
Uh, McLean corrects him, saying he means Gary Cooper. The film referenced is High Noon, which that's another movie where um, there's a lone hero having to defeat a large group of enemies while being vastly outnumbered. So I thought that was like a nice little smart little tie into that. Oh, I didn't finish my thought earlier about uh, Last Action Hero. <laughs> we just completely left that. Blew right through it. We blew right through it. But, um, okay, so there's, like, a very small segment where the kid in the movie, he's really obsessed with Jack Slater, big Arnold Schwarzenegger kid, guy, the kid is, and he is in class, he's in history class, and they're watching Macbeth, and it's the scene where, like, the action's pretty much stopped with a, like, he's about to stab him, and, like, he decides to give a speech, and the kid's like, just do it already, and so he starts imagining that the movie actually stars... Arnold Schwarzenegger as Macbeth and it's like this big action film and it's actually like a really great moment and it's really cool shot but it's like interesting to see like how into Shakespeare John McTiernan is like it's just reads it all the time and it's kind of like it's maybe but he like I'm pretty sure he did Cutthroat Island which was a big fucking studio bomb for him which i feel like it's kind of one of those cult classic kind of movies like it has its it has its qualities it's not great i'm not saying it's great i don't 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 put don't, that don't put that in there don't put that on me bricky bobby but um <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah i just forget what i'm fucking talking about shit i'm so damn tired right now i'm not gonna lie to you we're gonna get through this okay i'm gonna skip through thing a few things but we're gonna go quick through some things uh the line yippee kaye motherfucker it was voted number 96 in the 100 greatest movie lines by premiere magazine in 2007 what was the number one do we know that off the top of our heads or no not off the top of my head but i want to say because now it would be... i you i actually knew this it's it would, oh my it, god it would be different now because that was a over a decade ago i'm pretty sure it might be from it might be from casablanca but i could be wrong um it might be here's looking at no or is it here's looking at you no i think it's from Gone with the Wind, where he says, frankly, Scarlet, I don't give a damn. Which, I don't think that's, like, the most quoted line, but... I don't say that. What's the... <laughs> <laughs> I don't say that shit! <laughs> What's the most quote Movie quoted. Movie... Line. Line. According... According to... What, what was it? At Premiere? Yeah. Premiere Magazine. According to Premiere Magazine, oh, there's AFI's 100 Years, 100 Movie Quotes. Oh, wait, was I right? I think I was right, Cody. Yep. Number one was, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. This from AFI, the American Film Institute. Where, what year did that movie come out? What I was thinking was is actually number two, which is, I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. Which I think that's more number one than... Fr- frankly my dear i don't give a damn i don't think that's that a good sounds like it's out of the 50s that's something that it's a lot from of... 1939 it's from gone yeah, with the wind yeah that's just <laughs> who says that no one says that but, but it... <laughs> uh toto i have a feeling we're not in kansas i have i think i've had a feeling we're not in kansas anymore i've said that before 
forth. I've I've said that shit ton in my life. Um, the force, may the force, force be with the maybe the force be with you is number eight. Force is strong within this one. All right, Mr. I've said that before. <laughs> All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close up. I've said that a few times. That's from Sunset Boulevard, which is from 1950. Um, Great White Buffalo. Go ahead, make my day. <laughs> is from uh, Sudden Impact. Um, wait, no. It is Great White Buffalo. No, on that's there? from Dirty Harry. Is Great White Buffalo on there? Great White Buffalo. <laughs> 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 Great White Buffalo. <laughs> We should just start saying that whenever there's dead air on the pod. We should just great white buffalo. <laughs> you talking to me is number ten. I w- I knew that had to be up there. Fasten your seatbelt. It's going to be a bumpy ro- uh, night. It's from All About Eve, which that's nineteen fifty as well. Uh, I smell the let. I love the smell of name. Why am I doing this? Why are you stopping me? Why are you letting me like do movie quotes all of a sudden? God, Cody. God. It's okay, man. I still love you. But anyway, Roger Ebert, he's, like, one of the most, like, well-known movie critics ever. He gave this movie a bad review. What? Yeah, he's, like, one of the only few critics to give it a bad review. He just wants to be that jackass? He just wanted to be that jackass, I feel like, sometimes. He wanted to be that asshole. I mean, maybe he was having a bad day, and he's just like, fuck these people. Fuck these people. He's gonna blow... What? He's gonna blow off this fucking building? Fuck you, pal. Just let the fucking terrorists do their job, okay? Fuck you, John McClane. Fuck you. That's how he was the whole time. You're letting me go on tangents, Cody. God! Okay. <laughs> the film is unusual for an action movie of the period in that the hero and villain never got... Oh, wait. I already said that. Damn it! <laughs> you must be tired. Uh, I'm very tired. Okay, so... In the novel, which the film is based upon, which the f- the name of the novel is called Nothing Lasts Forever, the hero, Joe Leland... <laughs> Kills the first terrorist by deliberately breaking his neck. And in this movie, the first terrorist is killed the exact same way, but by accident. But I, one, Joe Leland, that's not an iconic name. John. (coughs) John McClane. John McClane, man. John. John McClane's where it at. Okay. During the scene when Sergeant Powell is in the lobby. The football match being played on TV is between Southern California and Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame. USC. Yep. Uh, while the teams do play nearly every seasons, or every season, seasons, it's they've sh- never played on Christmas Eve. Nope. Which this movie is based on Christmas Eve. Which makes it a Christmas it movie. It makes it people. a Christmas movie. The whole there's too much Christmas music for it not to be a Christmas movie. It's based it's it's, it's happening during a Christmas party. We have too many it's movies d- about like presents and giving and everything. We need an action Christmas movie, we just like Violet action. Night. Violet Night, yeah, that's a, that's what we need. We also have Lethal Weapon. Yeah, Iron Man Three. He makes bombs out like of Christmas Lethal ornaments. Weapon. Which one was first, Die Hard or Lethal Weapon? It would have been uh. Lethal Weapon, I so, think. So, do you think Die Hard was a copycat of Lethal Weapon? No. Because Lethal Weapon is strictly buddy cop-like, just like, kind of thing. That's almost like what, what Eddie Murphy did, something like that. Beverly Hills Cop. Beverly Hills Cop wasn't a buddy cop, but um, sort of a weird buddy cop movie is... Um, oh my god, I can't remember. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> <laughs> that movie... Um, what's Fuck that movie? You, Ronnie. He he's 
he's he co-stars in it forty eight hours. That's a buddy cop movie. Well, I guess you actually know um, the co- two cops he plays with uh, Taggart and uh, what's what's the other Taggart and Ro- Rosenthal. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, those guys are in a buddy cop movie of their own, especially in Beverly Hills Cop Two. But we won't get into that right now. Um, see if there's a black and white that can do a drive-by. A line delivered by the female dispatcher is sampled in Who Got the Camera on Ice Cube's album, The Predator. Which, Predator was directed by John McTiernan. Isn't that fun? That's just fun! Um, it's also known as one of the top beloved Christmas movies of all time. Mm. And Die Hard ends with the song Let It Snow. Hmm. 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 Interesting for a non-Christmas movie. <laughs> but now we're to our favorite part where we're really diving into the multiverse. The recasting. Mel Gibson. No. Mel Gibson's <laughs> not allowed to be recasted here. <laughs> Racist son of a bitch. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> Great White Buffalo. V- Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. What, what was he? Okay, yeah. he would. Well, he would have been really young. But, but, I like where your head's at. But let's get into some things. Bruce Willis said Sipple Shepard's pregnancy during the fourth season of Moonlighting forced delays in the production of the show, giving him time to work on filming of this movie. So there's a scenario where Sybil Shepard's, her and her husband, never had a kid at this point. There's a world where, like, maybe, like, the kid was born early or late. Who knows? Um, well, I guess... The pregnancy being late would still result in this. <laughs> Whoops. But anyway, <laughs> either way, like, there's a world where, like, this could have easily, like, contracts with TV's shows back then sound like they were a bitch to get out of. Like, you hear ones about Cheers, you hear ones about Magnum P.I., and that, they, especially Magnum P.I.'s, like, that Tom Selleck was going to be Indiana Jones. Like, that was going to be a thing. He couldn't get out of his contract. He couldn't get out of his contract. And then even with um, Remington Steele with uh, Pierce Brosnan, like, he could have been James Bond a lot sooner. And he could have been in either The Living Daylights or License to Kill. I forget which one. But, um, so, there were, there was a few names thrown out for who was going to play John McClane for this. And the most interesting one, because the whole thing with John McClane, like I said is that he is a normal guy put into a bad situation and he has to just get his way out of it. So I wanted an actor, there There were two actors I thought of, but I decided to go with an actor who was actually in the running. The first actor I thought of instantly was Kurt Russell. <laughs> of course. But don't tell me he wouldn't have been great for Die Hard. <sighs> we'll get together, have a few laughs. Yippee guy, hey mother! I can't talk like you Kurt know. Russell. Actually, and you know what? Who would be a good? Um, I just thought of someone, but you could you continue thought. I don't want you to lose it. The if they'd make a remake now, because it Den of Thieves just pops into my head. Ooh, I know who you're talking about Pablo Schrader. Uh, maybe him or Gerard Butler. Yeah. Nah. Well, no, neither of them work because they are big mother. Pablo Schrader is Master Chief, okay? Fuck, like, all the, like, people who are, like, too obsessed with, like, he got a nice video game. Play the fucking (laughs) video game. Play the fucking video game. It's that simple. Jesus, man. I know this is completely left field. Everything's left field on this show. Have you not noticed this? 
if they make a movie of it. J.K. Simmons. <laughs> I'm kidding. Triple H. No. Have I don't you think seen he... him look? Dressed? Have you seen him act? All right, I'll, I'll pull a picture. Do you Have you seen him act? I don't care what he looks like. I'm sure he looks awesome as fuck. But that doesn't mean he can act. You don't know. Blade. I do know. I've seen him in a movie. He was in this awful movie called The Bus Driver. Blade. He that he was in the worst Blade movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's <is> nothing. <laughs> Where's my dog, bitch? <laughs> what? Where is Kit, Ryan Reynolds kicks his dog? Oh the... God, dude! Uh, the fucking CGI eyes when he's on the slab. Yeah, he looks cool. But you know who else could look fucking cool like that? Tom Hardy. Doesn't he look like it? A little bit, except for the nose. But dude, thing Tom Hardy wanted like went into like just randomly entered a fucking martial arts. He could be the next Heath Ledger. Surprise everyone. Who? Triple H. No, I'm telling you, I've seen that <laughs> man act. He is nothing. <laughs> He's nothing close to that legend. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you say that? <laughs> Don't you say that, Ricky Puppy? <laughs> Great white buffalo. Anyway, um, so. During that time, there was a lot of, like, big actors, obviously. But one name in particular that came up, and I thought was interesting, as you know, you've seen the poster already, Harrison Ford. Now, hear me out, okay? During this time, this was, like, peak Harrison Ford. He was already Han Solo. He's Indiana Jones at this point. Like, the man is on top of the world. He's, like, one of the best actors of the world. But at this time, in 1988, he made two movies. Um, Frantic, which has an IMDb score of 6.9 out of 10, uh, Rotten Tomato score of uh, 76%, and Working Girl, which is an uh, IMDb score of the uh, <laughs> squirrel uh, <laughs> score of 6.8, but has an 85% on Rotten Tomatoes. So arguably, I've seen Working Girl. I'd be okay if it didn't exist. But you know, I get it. It's not a bad movie, but it's it's I'm not its audience. I've never really been a Harrison Ford fan. You should be. He's great. But uh, <laughs> but he's also kind of a little bit of a prima donna with some things. But he's also just a legend. He's like Jack Nicholson. No, he's not like Jack Nicholson. <laughs> he just is honest about wanting to get paid. <laughs> That's why he does it. Did you see the was it on Conan O'Brien with the this the Death Star, the yeah. Legos? God, that was so funny. <laughs> Here Here's a piece that should be worth a little something now. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, like him just signing one little piece of that is probably worth more than the entire Death Star. It's Harrison fucking Ford. Like, how many autographs does that man actually sign? But he's um, gonna be in the next spinoff of Yellowstone. Yes, I yes. We can't talk about Yellowstone, man. I've only watched one episode, and I can get already into it. Cause you gotta watch uh, eighteen eighty. Was eighteen eighty four? Four. No, that's when Ohio became a state. No, that was eighteen eighty three. There's nothing about Ohio in that show. <laughs> <laughs> well, we live there. Eighteen eighty three. No. Yeah, it was eighteen eighty three. I remember the bicentennial. I know more than you. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I just wanted to move on real quick. Great white buffalo. Um, did you hear that? That was my foot. Okay. That scared the shit out of me. This? Okay. Um, but, um, like I said, up to this point, he was Indiana Jones, Han Solo, but besides those two roles, uh, well, including those two roles, he was in 
altogether eight action or adventure films up to this point. Who's the dude who died? Um, that was descriptive. Was from cancer in the mid-2000s. He was in that skit with uh, Chris Farley, Chippendales. Oh, Patrick Swayze. Swayze would have been great. Yeah. Oh, man. Swayze. Can he play? Well, no. Roadhouse. <laughs> he could play John. <laughs> oh, God. Man. Why did this not happen? What this? I I might have to redo my VHS tape that I made for this. No, no, that's too much work. <laughs> this it, we got literally this is supposed to be out at six a.m. tomorrow morning, so not gonna happen. You can always do a remake later on. I mean, yeah, we can always revisit. Well, I guess for like the sequel, we can go into like okay, now we go into the world if like this he's person. He's got to keep it. the long flowing hair though. It's Patrick Swayze. Of course, he's gonna have flog flowing hair. He was a. It's Patrick Swayze. <laughs> Dude, Ghost. That's yes. a great movie, man. It's a great movie. Okay. Um, that sk- I just keep laughing at that skit that he did with Chris Farley. <laughs> you were so great out there, man. There's no way you don't have it in the back. <laughs> oh, man. I love that one. Even though there's, we won't get into that. I have some thoughts, but it is it is funny still. <laughs> um, so, like, in the original script... Um, John Mc, uh, John McClane was supposed to be like the typical 1980s action hero. So, <laughs> ironically enough, Arnold Schwarzenegger was one of the people. Him and Stallone were both rumored to be John McClane for this. I think Stallone would be better. I don't think either of them would have been okay. Like, <laughs> if just, you I'm had just, to pick one. I'm not going to pick either. <laughs> I'm, not gonna, I'm choosing Patrick Swayze now <laughs> or Kurt Russell. <laughs> but either way, one of them. Um God, I'm so mad I didn't think of Patrick Swayze earlier. That's such a good choice. Um, but he was kind of tired of, like, having... John McTiernan was t- kind of tired of having, like, the stereotypical action hero. And he just... The year before... Was it the year before? Yeah, Predator was, came out the year before. Um, just had made that with Arnold Schwarzenegger. So he just kind of wanted to try something new. And it's like, it worked out great. Another thing to know about this movie is that um, Bruce will like a lot of the stuff was like improvised, like a lot of the dialogue and stuff because they were rewriting a lot of stuff as the movie was getting made. And you, I find it weird. Like it seems like a lot of movies we've covered, you hear like, yeah, they're making up stuff on the fly because like it was being rewritten at this time. And it's it's kind of weird how many movies have like not fully done. Because it's better when it's off the like the. Cut. I feel like it does come off better. Like I, I, I think that's why there's so many good 1980s. Well, except for like John Hughes films, for instance, like Ferris Bueller's Day Off. <laughs> I just wanted to mention that. No, but like his movies are always like well written, and the characters are always like well written and stuff. But it's like this movie doesn't feel like it has that many missing beats to where it would have felt that it was just being written on the fly. You know what I mean? You gotta, you gotta say something. Yeah. <laughs> they can't see you, man. <laughs> I'm nodding. <laughs> um, Bruce Willis took the role of John McTiernan after it had been turned down by Robert De Niro, which we brought we brought up after I accidentally brought up. Like, Bur- he's been rumored for a lot of things. I feel like Robert De Niro wouldn't have been bad at this because this was the again he did Midnight Run at this point, and he's a cop. He's a hard nosed cop in that. Smokes a lot. But he he was still, like, a he wasn't as young as Harrison Ford, so he'd have to be aged up a little bit. But 
I feel like he would still be kind of like brutal. Like he, he there's a toughness to Robert De Niro, and also he's a super committed actor. And I feel like him as he he would be less jokey for sure. I don't think this was around the time where he was experimenting with like kind of jumping into jokey roles because I think like one of his first comedies he did was Analyze This where he's, like, the mob gangster guy who has to go to therapy. But um, Billy Crystal, I haven't watched that movie in years. i got to revisit that. I don't know if I like it or not. <laughs> I can't remember. I think, I'm pretty sure I liked it, because I think there was a sequel that, the sequel I didn't like. Oh, yeah, it's a Harold Ramis yeah. movie. Man, it's just popping all in there. Um, but, yeah, like, so I find it, but, it, but also Willis turned down a role I, I on IMDb it says he turned down the Charles Grodin role, but I always heard he turned down the De Niro role, which makes more sense because if De Niro turned down Die Hard and Willis turned down Midnight Run, wouldn't that mean they just flip flop? That would make sense. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, but IMDb it's it's half ass internet research. That's what they call that. They say that a lot of the rewatchables is half ass internet research and. I just use IMDb, so it's mine. I think is even more half-assed than theirs. But then I, I try to say things that I've heard in like making of stuff or stuff like that, oral histories and whatnot. But uh, yeah, now that we know, we have Harrison Ford. But let's get into like how different of the movie, what really changes about this movie, if it was Harrison Ford or even if it's Patrick Swayze. Luckily. Again, both of the all the people we've mentioned, Russell, Swayze, and Ford, they all come with a uh, very normalish, nor more regular guy than the typical nineteen eighties action hero. So they all bring that. However, I don't think Harrison Ford can do the New York tough cop role. What about Tommy Lee Jones? Tommy Lee. He is forever 65. Like, he, I just feel like he would have looked too old at the. Well, no, I've seen him at this. I feel like... Wait, wait, let me think. No, nah. He's almost like the Walker he can't, Texas Ranger kind of vibe. Yeah, I, oh, dude. I, I, I think, like, I know they remade Walker's Texas Ranger into a show again. But I have... I think I have, like, an idea of, like, a really cool, like, what would have been a movie of Walker, Texas Ranger. And it would have a t Chuck Norris cameo. <laughs> but, um, but, like I said, Harrison Ford definitely couldn't give off that, uh, wait, is he from New York in the movie or is he from Philadelphia? He seems like a Philadelphia person. He doesn't have a wise guy. At, we'll just yeah. call it a wise guy attitude, even though it's not a wise guy. But we'll say wise guy attitude of like what what people think of when they hear <coughs> wise guys. So Harrison Ford, I don't think could do that. Harrison Ford is, I think we know he can be jokey. We know that from Star Wars. We know that from Indiana Jones. But I don't think. I think like because again, John McClane. John McClane is a. As a very normal guy getting stuck in a tough situation to have to get his way out of it. I, I guess we're kind of tiptoeing on the fugitive territory in this sense. 
because he's a guy pushed against the wall and trying to think his way out of it. Now, he's a doctor in that, so we can't really judge too much off of that. Um, but I don't... Like, in, even in Indiana... Like, w the only kind of instance I feel like I'm thinking of him with a gun is Han Solo. Yeah, and it's not even really a gun. It's just yeah, cause a like, beam of light coming out of it. And I don't know how he would be with the action scenes either. Because, like, you he's still young. What? Mel Gibson. Dude, don't fuck. No. <laughs> God, it's such a it's such an awkward thing. I do feel like he would have been a jo good John McClane. I will say that. Um, but, God, did he fuck up. But, <laughs> um, uh, Kurt Russell could have done it. Patrick Kurt, Swayze. Patrick Swayze could have easily done it. The, those two. Okay, and the bracket so far, Harrison Ford has now dropped. He is lost, I and think... now on the bracket, we are back to Kurt Russell and Patrick Swayze. I'm still on the Swayze side of it, yes. though, because I feel like he would bring that Kurt Russell. We have in so many freaking movies. He would bring that swagger to it. I I might remake the poster with Swayze now. <laughs> like I feel like we have to make it with Swayze now. I, I did say the what if is just what if Bruce Willis never took the role. It doesn't have to be strictly Harrison Ford. Maybe you know what I. I don't think I still, because once I have it made, like I have a template made uh, set up of a VHS tape, and I can like put, I can make my design and everything, and then insert it into the VHS. It makes everything quicker. I don't save the individual VHS by itself. Or you can make it to where the original one that you were gonna have, but just have his face head on, but half put it half down the middle, and Swayze's face on the other side. I was thinking about taking the uh, Nakatomi Tower and having, like, each person who was supposed to play him on each side because we are about to get into some weird shit here when we enter the category of In Another World. Um, but, um, but, yeah, like... Knowing the script, though, and, like, knowing knowing that the script was so, like, improvised, I think Harrison Ford would have provided some things. I don't think it would have been as good as Bruce Willis's. Um, Kurt Russell's, I I think Chris, Kurt Russell would have been better. I can't, because Swayze was a funny guy, too. But I feel like Kurt Russell would have been good with the improvisation and the, like, kind of the wit you would need the kind of the humor that 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 kind of twisted humor you need as a cop essentially um but i think swayze could have maybe found that balance but at the same time here's where swayze kind of loses the thing is he's too handsome of a dude let's be honest he's a handsome guy and again John John McClane's supposed to be like an everyday. I, I guess you, just because you're handsome doesn't mean you can't be everyday an everyday guy. guy. <laughs> I guess that can't. Sorry, handsome people. You can you count your hey hey you're <laughs> you matter. <laughs> but, great white buffalo. Um, but oh man, dude, you just like blew my mind. The movie. I'm trying to decide if, like, how good of a... Because I think Bruce Willis is definitely, like, the John McClane. Like, he's the perfect John McClane. Like, obviously, we have 
five movies to know that he is. But who's to say if Bruce Willis wasn't John McClane and one of the others were? I mean, I guess we wouldn't know that world. We would just know, like, either a Kurt Russell or a Patrick Swayze. We would be saying, oh, they're That's that's the downfall of having this podcast is we know the world of a Bruce Willis, John John McClane. But we don't know a Swayze. But I just... Roadhouse is, like, the best defense. But then you... For Kurt Russell, you have Escape from New York. You have... um, Oh wow, I'm playing Big Trouble in Little China. Like, but I feel like, you know what, Kurt Russell, we're gonna take. Hold on, I'm gonna look up their IMDb's real quick, because I feel like if Kurt Russell, I can't remember the year it came out, he might have been doing. Okay, no, we're okay. We're okay. Oh, okay. I'll give him the sake of not doing it just because he did the movie Overboard in 1987, which means he would have met Goldie Hawn, and they're they're still together to this day. So Swayze. Swayze's the winner! (laughs) (laughs) Wait, let's see what Patrick... Oh, man, was he doing Roadhouse? I guess he could have done this movie instead of Roadhouse if... Okay, Roadhouse was 89. Ooh, Dirty Dancing in 87 now. Okay, but no, that would have meant it was filmed probably in 86. So, that could still work. I could see that working. Because Ghost was 1990, Ghost is safe. And Roadhouse was in 8... Dude, he could have done... He could have had Dirty Dancing, which was like his big... I think that's like his big breakout movie. I'm pretty sure that's... Because he... No, he did The Outsiders in 83... I don't want to look up his entire filmography, but he was in stuff. Oh, wait, no, I'm remembering some things, but we won't get into it. And then, of course, Point Break, Swayze and Point Break, which they remade, which was trash. That was trash. You know what? There's actually some interesting what ifs, though, with that movie that probably would have saved it. But we won't get into that right now. That's for a different podcast, Cody. Um <laughs> But, yeah, he could have done Dirty Dancing, been a big breakout, then said, I want to do something a little different. And would have had Die Hard next, which they there is that wife, there is the wife storyline. So you would, could have had romantic Swayze still. Um, and then the following year, Roadhouse. Then the following year after that, Ghost. And then the following year after that, Point Break. Swayze could have had, like, the greatest run in film history. One of the greatest runs in film history. But did not. I mean, he still kind of did, but. Oh, no, he definitely. It's still, like, I just. You take out Die Hard. That's still, like, 87, Dirty Dancing, uh, 89, Roadhouse, uh, 90, Ghost, and Point Break, 91. Like, that's still impressive run. And I feel like there's some movies in there that I'm forgetting. But still, yeah. Um. But, yeah, Patrick Swayze would have been real interesting. Um, I wonder if he would have played him a little cooler. He pro- I Yeah. I feel like that would have been... Because one thing that they established with... Uh, Bruce Willis and John McTiernan established with John McClane is that this is a guy who kind of hates himself. He's, you know... But he's doing the best he can in the situation he's in. So... But it's like, 
as much as I'm thinking, like, would he play it cool like in Roadhouse, he does have more of an edge in Point Break. So, I, and he was a good actor. This I, I keep, like, an actor acts, so I can't, like, think, like, oh, would he not change? Because, like, as much as the... For us, the only real evidence of how they would be in this role is, like, performances they've had. Doesn't mean that's that's how they would play it out. Granted, we don't know how John, Mc, John McClane would be with Swayze. But I do think this would have been a crazy good Swayze part. But then we get into some issues with the sequels. They can work around it. They can work around it. That's yeah. not my job. Uh, that's, call their agent. Call their agent. Don't fucking ask me. He might have turned <laughs> down other roles. But Swayze's great, but there are so many different worlds where this movie could have been really fucking different. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. As I stated, the the novel was called Nothing Lasts Forever. These rights were originally owned by no other than Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Clint Eastwood was owned these rights in the early 80s, and he wanted to make it then, on which uh, he was thinking about filming and starring and directing and uh, that's directing and starring it. There we go. Which I he, knew I'd get to it. What would he but, have uh, been in his 50s? He would have been, he was born in 1930, so yeah, he would have been 50. How do I fucking know that? <laughs> I don't know how I know that. I somehow know that every time you, I had to have looked it up one time and it just stuck. I think, um, but, but here's some other interesting what ifs, um, is there a car right out here? Well, that is an alley right behind my, the, you know, the cottage, (laughs) uh, back when the film was going to be direct, a direct adaptation of Roderick Throat's, uh, novel, Nothing Lasts Forever with Clint Eastwood, um, other than Clint Eastwood, Charles Bronson, Burt Reynolds and Paul Newman were considered for the re, uh, lead role, uh, but still named Joseph Leland, um, who would eventually become John McClane, as we know. Um, but but what saved this was in 1988, uh, Eastwood did the final Dirty Harry film, The Deadpool. Which, fun fact for you, Jim Car- one of Jim Carrey's first movie roles. He plays like this rock star in it. Just a fun fact for you, which he fa- Jim Carrey is also famous for doing a very good Clint Eastwood impression. Um, but yeah, there was also uh, Sam. You remember? You know who Sam Neill is from mm-hmm. Jurassic Park? He was considered for Hans Gruber at some point, which would have been interesting. Have you ever seen Event Horizon? No. He would he would make it. Oh, uh, he's in the fourth Omen film as Damien. He he would have been a good choice. He would have he would have been. He wouldn't have been Alan Rickman good, but he would have been good. I'm just, that's that's a great. I think that's probably like the most intelligent way of putting that. <laughs> um, John Travolta was considered for the role of John McClane, but 20th Century Fox wouldn't allow it because Travolta was considered a has been at that time. Mm. Yeah. However, he would go on to co-star with uh, Bruce Willis in the Look Who's Talking films, and in 1994, a movie that saved John Travolta's career, Pulp Fiction. So shit happens for a reason, <laughs> but the uh, he should look who's talking. The first one's good. The second one, the second one, I really liked as a kid. Oh, Christy Alley just recently passed away. Just yeah, kind of realized. So, uh, 
Yeah. Which she was also up for the role of, um, uh, wow, what is John McClane's wife's name? Uh, Holly. Holly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to actually, let's look up real quick. We're going to, let's look up the original, like, quick synopsis of Nothing Lasts Forever. Oh, there's a 1984 film. I wonder if this... Okay, no, no, okay. I was about to say, like, was there already? Okay, I found it. Um... Book that inspired Die Hard. That's... Oh, my God. Okay, Amazon.com. Nothing lasts forever. Parentheses... The book that inspired the movie Die Hard. <laughs> you could get it on Kindle for six ninety nine or paperback for twelve ninety nine off Amazon. Um, let's see. Okay, here is the synopsis for the book. High atop a Los Angeles skyscraper, an office Christmas party turns to a deadly cage match between a lone New York City cop and a gang of international terrorists. Every action fan knows it could only be explosive big screen blockbuster Die Hard. But before... Oh, wait. Oh, wait. That's a fan review. Fuck. My bad. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Well, let's, I'm going to go to the Wikipedia for it. Uh, for for it real quick. Um, okay, let's go through the plot. We're just... Real quick plot. Uh, retired Andy... And, so, Joe Leland is a retired uh, NYPD detective... And he visits the 40-story office headquarters of the Claxon Oil Corporation. Big difference there. Uh, in Los Angeles, Calif- uh, Los Angeles, California, Christmas Eve. Same thing. Where his daughter, Stephanie Leland Gennaro. Ooh, okay. That's interesting because Holly's uh, maiden name in the movie is Gennaro. So they kept that little thing. Uh, works. So instead of him visiting his wife, he was supposed to visit his daughter. So that's one thing. Um, while he's waiting for his daughter's Christmas party to end, a group of German Ottoman era terrorists take over the skyscraper. The gang is led by the brutal Anton Little Tony the Red Gruber. Oh my god, what a fucking name. Okay, that's a good, that's a good change. Hans Gruber is way better. John had known about Gruber through a counter-terrorist conference he had attended years prior. I'm glad they have those. Uh, barefoot, Leland, barefoot, Leland slips away and manages to remain undetected in the gigantic office complex. Armed with only his browning pistol and in communication with Los Angeles Police Sergeant Al Powell, which, okay, he's same name, and his belligerent supervisor, Dwayne Robinson, Leland fights off terrorists one by one in an attempt to save the 74 hostages, his daughter, and grandchildren. Wait, what? I did not see anything about his grandchildren. Wait, okay. After executing the CEO of the Claxon building, Mr. Rivers, Gruber and the terrorists proceed to steal documents that will publicly expose the Claxon Corporation's dealing with... Child's Junta, Junta, or is that Chili's Junta? I don't know. Um, my bad. They also <laughs> intended to deprive Claxon of the proceeds of the corrupt deal of six million in cash by attempting by attempting to access 
a safe. Leland interfaces with this plan by stealing explosives and progressively killing terrorists and receiving multiple injuries in the process. Um, so it sounds like a lot of it mostly the same, but there are there's clearly differences. So, um, yeah, knowing that it kind of had this original plot that does bring back De Niro. Um, I don't think De Niro was that old at this point, though. To have like a full grown, I guess he could have had a young, full grown daughter in the movie, and like he could have been visiting her yeah. or something like that. Um, wow, that's kind of an interest. I don't get the grandchildren part of this, but this, I am reading this off Wikipedia, so someone uh, could have put it there. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of a author of the detective. Isn't that supposed to be the sequel? Um, or wait, or maybe that's the sequel. Okay, anyway. So. <laughs> uh, other people that were considered for this though Richard Gere Sylvester Stallone Harrison Ford Mel Gibson Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, Robert De Niro Don Johnson Richard Dean Anderson and Michael Madsen Michael Madsen would have been interesting he played Mr. Bra- uh, Blonde mm. I almost said Brown uh, Mr. Brown was Tarantino uh, he played Mr. Blonde, though, in uh, Reservoir Dogs. He's also in, um, he was in a bunch of things. He was, like, the 80s was, de- late 80s, early 90s was really, like, his tippy-top mountain. And um, I think out of that list, though, I think Robert De Niro would have been interesting. He would have been more serious about it, but I could see him trying to, well, no, because Midnight Run, he's a little more jokey in that. So, yeah, he could have done that. Um, Mel Gibson, of course. God, he was such a good actor, man. Such a good, iconic person. Damn it. Uh, Richard Gere, I don't see at all. Richard Gere, I don't see it. Um, Richard Dean Anderson's an interesting choice. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think he would have been decent. For Holly, though, the people up for Holly were Linda Hamilton, Glenn Close... Gina Davis, Deborah Rag- Winger, Deborah Winger, Meryl Streep, Michelle Pfeiffer, Goldie Hawn, Jamie Lee Curtis, Carrie Fisher, and Kelly McGillis. Um, and I think honestly, any of them could have played it. But <laughs> the the one person who kind of makes it a, a bit of a concern, especially back in the eighties, they were kind of big on this. Gina Davis is very tall, <laughs> so you would need. <laughs> To counter her with a very tall actor. Which was... Probably Harrison Ford. I feel like Harrison Ford might be tall. Schwarzenegger's tall. Um, but I don't... I cannot see this movie... If you had a Schwarzenegger type actor in this role, it would have been awful. It would have been shit. That mm-hmm. would have been so bad. Um, but I I, I, th- I would like... I would Jamie Lee Curtis, I think, was good choice. Would have been a good choice. Carrie Fisher, too. Would have been good. And Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle, I think Michelle Pfeiffer, you know what? Who would have been a good counter for Swayze out of this list? And I, I really think it was probably Kelly McGillis. Or Michelle Pfeiffer. I don't know. Between them two for sure. But if it was, uh, if it was Kurt Russell, Goldie Hawn. Yeah. <laughs> Goldie Hawn for sure. Um, Don Johnson and... Uh, Don Johnson... Um, and as I said, Richard D. Nansen were established action stars in television. 
they were both considered for this role. But again, contracts. Like I said, if you were a major TV star, major TV show, you were stuck in that show. Um, Christy was considered for the whole role. But again, producers of Cheers wouldn't let her go. But uh, again, she co-starred in the Look Who's Talking movie. I definitely fucking heard something that time. (laughs) I know I did. Another person considered for the role was Al Pacino. <laughs> Al Pacino always follows Harrison Ford around. That's what I'm finding out. Or is Harrison Ford following Al Pacino around? I don't know. And he's getting the roles? Okay. So maybe is Harrison Ford better than Al Pacino acting? Hmm? No. You know what? I would say... Uh... Harrison Ford's not a better actor. I'll think about that. Great White Buffalo. Um, Jack Lim- Jack Lemon lobbied to play John, John McClane. Producers told him though, "You're just too darn old." <laughs> How you? I think because he did the Grumpy Old Men movies in the '90s, so he had to have been really old at this point. I can't think of how old he would have been, but God, because he was in, he had to have been. The apartment was made in the '50s, right, or the '60s. I think 1955 and so he was probably in his 30s or 40s with that and he did the odd couple film too with and he was acting with Walter Matthau for years um yeah but anyway yeah that's that's we're running out of time here as you can see from our little thing Cody so we're gonna wrap this up is like I think Harrison Ford would have been an okay choice Kurt Russell would have been great, but I think Swayze was the. It wasn't really. That's a slam dunk for you, man. That's yours. That's for you. <laughs> <laughs> but oh my god, I love this movie though. Like I think we have a great one, and I'm sure whatever version is out there in the mass multiverse, the mass whatever is out there. I know it's late. It's ten oh one. I am so fucking tired yeah, I know. right Me now, too. man. And but I'm, I'm also hungry. hungry. I'm yeah. gonna definitely eat leftovers when I get inside. But, um, yeah, man, as always, thank you for coming in. We gotta do, uh, and, going oh, but, 60 seconds next. You, dude, yeah, that was gonna be a good one. But, before we go, I have one little fun fact that I saved for this very end. Okay. Because it's gonna really hammer it home. 20th Century Fox formally admitted that Die Hard was a Christmas movie after stating that it's the greatest Christmas story ever told in a new trailer to mark its 30th anniversary of the film's release. However, the debate still rides on. Because there's going to be people that are bullheaded and don't agree. The studio says it is! The be studio! People, the people are still going to disagree because it's not Christmassy. You know what? Hans Gruber is fucking Scrooge. John McClane is Tiny Tim with his fucked up feet. And you know what? Harrison Ford can't act. (laughs) (laughs) Good night, everybody.